Today, my dear faithful, is the 25th Sunday after Pentecost, and today's Mass is taken from the 6th Sunday after the Epiphany. And for announcements, the sisters and students of St. Pius V School on Long Island would like to thank all those who helped make the craft fair a success. The proceeds will help keep the school running for the next year. So again, we thank you for your generosity and your support. And also, the catechism classes are canceled today, and they will resume between the Masses next Sunday. And this Thursday is Thanksgiving Day. Mass will be held at 10.30 a.m., and a Holy Hour of Gratitude will be held at 11 p.m. And I ask you to come to these, this Mass and hopefully this Holy Hour to thank God for all of his blessings that he's given to us, and also to implore his blessings, especially on our country and the Catholic Church in general. And then next Sunday, November 26th, the Masses will be at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Confessions will be heard at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And the Christmas Bake Sale at Silent Auction will be held this year on Sunday, December 17th. Please call the sisters if you are able to assist with these fundraisers. And also the Christmas novenas are available in the back of the chapel. The novena is said 15 times a day from the Feast of St. Andrew until Christmas. And also the 2024 Roman Catholic calendars are now available in the bookstore. And finally, I would remind you that while all are always most welcome to attend our Masses and ceremonies here at St. Joseph Novitiate, all may not, however, receive Holy Communion. The rules and requirements for the reception of Holy Communion are printed on the back of the bulletin and are posted in the vestibule of the chapel. If anyone is new to attending the traditional Latin Mass, please do not hesitate to speak to one of the priests after Mass. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 1. Brethren, we give thanks to God for you all, making a remembrance of you in our prayers without ceasing, being mindful of the work of your faith and labor and charity, and of the enduring of the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved of God, your election, for our gospel hath not been unto you in word only, but in power also, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much fullness, as you know, what manner of men we have been among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were made a pattern to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you was spread abroad the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith, which is towards God, and is gone forth so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves relate of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised up from the dead, Jesus, who hath delivered us from the wrath to come. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 13. At that time, Jesus spoke this parable to the multitudes. 
The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least indeed of all seeds. But when it is grown up, it is greater than all the herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and dwell in the branches thereof. Another parable he spoke to them, The kingdom of heaven is like like to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, until the whole was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke in parables to the multitude, and without parables he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things hidden from the foundation of the world. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least indeed of all seeds, but when it is grown up, it is greater than all herbs. Words taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Many centuries ago, my dear faithful, there once was a young man by the name of Francis. He lived in a city of Italy, Assisi. There in Assisi, Francis was always the life of the party, as it were. He was prodigal with his money, freely spending it for his own enjoyment and that of his friends as well. You see, Francis's father was a wealthy merchant, and if anyone did not already know that in the area, they soon came to know that through Francis. He freely gave away and he spent his money, drinks, food, clothing. He quickly bought up anything that could add something to their fun. So generous was he, so royal in his gifts. His friends named him their king, the king of their games. Much of Francis's early life was spent in this way until war came to the city of Assisi. Francis took part in the battle. But Assisi was defeated, and Francis was captured and brought to prison. For an entire year, Francis was a prisoner. But after that year, he had a new purpose in life, a new dream. He would no longer be just a king of amusement. He dreamt of becoming a knight and achieving great renown. He could already hear it, the glories of his triumphs on the lips of all men, and he hungered after it. His laughing spirit grew to an even greater height, so much so that his friends asked him for the reason. He answered, I know that I am now going to be a great prince. His father supported his dream and bought him the finest armor and gear, and Francis went off to war, to riches and to glory. At least that is what he dreamed of, but it was not to be so. Francis suddenly became very sick. During his sickness, he had a dream when he heard a voice asking him what he wanted to do. To be a knight, was his reply. Tell me, Francis, the voice responded, who can benefit you the most, the Lord or the servant? Of course, Francis was astonished at this and answered immediately, the Lord. Then why do you desert the Lord for the servant, the voice demanded, 
and the prince for his vassals. At this, Francis awoke, and understanding dawned upon him. He longed to serve under earthly princes, to gain worldly honors, riches, and glory, but in fact, it would all be a waste of time. He finally saw the emptiness of his life. Francis returned home from war, but he was not the same man again. He led a life of prayer and good works. He visited chapels, helped the sick, and gave generously to the poor. In one of his treks to do good, he came upon a broken-down church. He stopped in and knelt before the crucifix that still hung above the altar. And that was when he received the mission of his life. Our Lord, hanging upon the crucifix, commanded him, Go hence, Francis, and build up my house, for it is nearly fallen down. The young man left that chapel and started on the road to become St. Francis of Assisi. He gave up his wealth, his home, his family, in order to give his whole self to Christ. He was no longer known as a king by his friends, but as Il Poverello, the little poor man. He had truly left all things behind, and the only good St. Francis desired was to love God the more. One morning, in the midst of his prayers, he asked God, O Lord Jesus Christ, two favors I beg of thee before I die. The first is that I may feel in my soul and in my body the suffering which thou, O gentle Jesus, sustained in thy bitter passion. And the second favor is that I, as far as it is possible, may receive into my heart that excessive charity by which thou, the Son of God, was inflamed. St. Francis received both of these favors, for he was given both the stigmata with all the pains and sufferings this brings, as well as a burning, all-consuming love for God with all the peace and joy that this brings. He is now known as one of the greatest saints of all times. And yet, if you met him when he was just a young man, you would never think that he would be the great St. Francis. He began as a lax Catholic, always hunting for the pleasures of this world, but then became, again, one of the greatest saints of all times, with his eyes firmly set on God and heaven. St. Francis' life, my dear faithful, resembles closely the parable our Lord told in today's gospel. In today's gospel, our Lord compared the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed, the least or smallest of all seeds. But when it is grown up, it is greater than all herbs and becometh a tree. When you look at a seed in your hand, it is truly a wonder, a marvel, to think that this tiny little thing can become a giant tree that towers over us. Our Lord, in today's gospel, uses this comparison of a seed to 
the seed's growth to the beginning of the kingdom of God. What he means by that, the beginning of the kingdom of God, is sanctifying grace. For sanctifying grace is what makes us members of the kingdom of heaven. That seed of grace that each of us receives at our baptism, it can and it ought to grow, develop, and flourish and become a great tree of sanctity. If it does not, then, it will be stunted, weak, and even liable to die. Now, the measure of the growth of sanctity in us is the measure of the queen of virtues, of charity. Sanctifying grace and charity are tied together like a heart and a body. One cannot exist without the other. And as each one grows or lessens, so the other grows or lessens as well. Theologians define the virtue of charity as a divinely infused virtue by which we love God as the highest good for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the sake of God. We are to love God as the highest good because that is exactly what he is. He is infinite goodness itself, infinite beauty, infinite justice, infinite mercy. We are to love him then as he deserves, and that means to love God above all others and above all things. Even our charity for our fellow man is to be subordinate to our charity for God. This is because not only is God the highest good, but as St. Ignatius Loyola points out in his spiritual exercises, everything you have, every good, is a gift from God. They are his gifts to you, tokens of his love for you, and small mirrors of him, given to lead you to him. They are small mirrors because each created thing is a tiny reflection of the perfections of God. Look at the mountains and see the majesty and grandeur of God. In the sun, see the brilliance of his glory. In the millions of his stars, see his generosity. Then think of your family, your friends, anyone that loves you, anyone that you love. And know that God gave these people to you as a small reflection of the infinite and eternal love our God has for you. All this our Lord has done for you, and he asks for one thing in return, that you love him. Again, that is the first and great commandment, the great plea of God Almighty. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, with thy whole soul, and with all thy strength. This is just a restatement of charity and its obligations. And we must remember that the things of this world, whether they are persons, places, or things, must be held lower than God. We cannot let these things get in the way of our following the law of God. St. Francis of Assisi, as a young man, was satisfied with the mediocrity. 
He was consumed with the things of this world, with having just a good time with his friends, enjoying the pleasures that are here one moment and God the next. And that was all. He was just content with that, not seeking after God Almighty. He received a special grace, though, and he finally saw how much of a waste his entire life had been up to, by, up to that moment. He had lived for over 20 years, and what did he have to show for it? Where were all those empty enjoyments that he had spent so much time on? They were gone, no, never to return. What had he, had he to show for eternity? What merits had he earned for his place in heaven? He had little, maybe even nothing, for he had let the things of this world get in the way. He looked to the gift, and he had forgotten the giver. He sought out these servants and forgotten the Lord. That happens so often to mankind, my dear faithful. We become consumed with the things of this world and often hunt after them as if that is all that matters. The infinite God, who has given us all these good things to draw us towards him, he finds himself ignored, and we are content with just that small reflection of his goodness. As our Lord complained to St. Margaret Mary, Behold this heart, which has so loved men, and in return I receive nothing but ingratitude by the contempt, irreverences, and coldness with which they treat me. I implore you then, my dear faithful, to love your God. Love him and prove your love for him by obeying his laws. Strive always to keep the life of grace in your souls and work hard to make it grow each and every day. Do this first by turning away from the occasions of sin, whatever they may be. And if there is anything that repeatedly leads you to sin, turn from it. If possible, cast it out of your life. But secondly, and most importantly, ask yourself, am I faithful to my duties to God? Go through the commandments and ask yourself if you have fulfilled each one, such as the Sunday obligation. Do I make the effort to make it to Mass on Sunday? to take my place at the foot of Calvary, for that is what the Mass is. The Mass is our Lord's crucifixion on Calvary made present on our altar. Ask yourself, do I make the effort to come to Mass to show God my love for Him? With questions like this, find where do you fall, where do you fail, where can you do better, where can you increase? Where can you grow? And then resolve to rise above, to grow into the great tree of sanctity, to follow after your God who carried a cross and died for you. Resolve to carry your cross so much smaller than his and make a return to your God. In this way, my dear faithful, 
avoiding the occasions of sin, and fulfilling your duties to God, you will prove your love for him. You will protect that seed of sanctifying grace and make it grow in your soul. That grace will grow into a great tree, as it were, a living bulwark against the attacks of the devil. But greatest of all, you will be a comfort to the sacred heart of our Lord. You will return love to him when he finds himself so ignored, so despised, so hated. He will find in you, at least, a faithful servant, and you will receive in return a priceless reward from the King of Kings, the reward of everlasting happiness in heaven. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.